Welcome to the Jack Mitchell Podcast. I don't know what episode it is. I mean, it probably says up on your screen, but I mislabeled the last one, and we skipped an episode, and so like the Amy Just one was 18, but there was no 17, so this is probably 18, but I like people to think there's a secret 17 episode that is only available to the elites, and so I don't know what what your screen says. Probably will say 18, maybe not, but that doesn't matter right now. The episode number doesn't matter. Uh, I'm excited about our guest today. Uh, you you uh, probably know the name and the face uh, if you're in Lincoln. You may now know the name and the face if you're in Omaha. Maybe you did already. Um, but he's a guy that I've always liked and respected a whole lot, and he's had a bit of a career change. Uh, and I thought, hey, what better time to talk to him? Because he's probably had a lot of questions that he's gotten, but also just kind of talk about career, about stuff, about our intersections, about life, uh, and all of that. So I want to welcome... New to KETV in Omaha after spending, what, five five or so years at 1011 here in Lincoln. It is Bill Shamert joining us right now. Bill, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Well, I want to know, Jack, is our episode allowed to go into R-rated movies or is our episode allowed to vote? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, we'll be able to smoke. I don't know. That's a good question. We'll see after it's posted. Well, that's 21 now. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I don't. I didn't know they were changing these laws like this. Well, uh, how's the life of transition going, man? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. You know, I'm 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 sitting on my uh, friend's couch right now in his basement, which also happens to be our bed because we are currently in between homes and. Uh, you know, sleeping within three sheets of a one-and-a-half-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. Oh. But life is good, Jack. Life is good. Wait, you must have one of the best friends in the world who's putting up a family with two little ones in their basement. Shout out to your friend. Like, this is a lifetime lifetime uh, backlog of owing uh, drinks yeah, or coffees big, or lunches or something. This is a big IOU card. The, fun thing, the funny thing is, you know, a month ago as we were moving, we were selling some of our stuff and I was, so I, um, he wanted my couch. So we gave him my old <laughs> sectional couch and that just happens to now be the couch that we are making into our bed for the last several days. Everything like, oh, happens this, for a reason. <laughs> at least it feels somewhat familiar. <laughs> I could still smell myself on it. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot to do my normal inter- introduction, which I, I like to do with all my guests where I kind of describe my, um, intersection. Uh, with myself and the guest and, and tell a little bit of, uh, about them. Um, the first intersection, and maybe Bill, you'll have to help me clarify this, but the first time I met you in person, and I think I told you this before, but I think it was, um, you know, your first time around in Lincoln. I think you were with eight at the time. Um, and there was an event when my wife was the, uh, was at Cedars when she worked at Cedars and it was an event for Cedars. Like they put on a prom. Um, like their, th- for their kids to go to, and I think you covered it, or you were there for some reason. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah, that was the uh, first time I met uh, Jim Blue, great community member. Um, yeah, that was back. Uh, gosh, what, 2013, 2014, yeah, t- like ten years ago. And I met you for mm-hmm. the first time then, and I remember you told told me you'd gone to Southwest, and and uh, that you you had been back Hawks. here. Yep, you you had been you early days at Southwest, and and you had been third, yeah, third graduating class at Southwest. Oh, right, right. Whenever, it's, 
this is going to be the 21st year of Lincoln Southwest. That's hard to believe. They can, well, they can't drink, but they can, the school can drink. We shouldn't say that. So I, I met you there for the first time. I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you there. So I kind of knew who you were, followed you. Um, um, then you, you exited Lincoln for, or, uh, Lincoln for a while after that. Um, followed you there, still talked to you. I think I might have had you on my show even a couple of times uh, with some of the things that was happening locally where where you were. Uh, was thrilled to hear when you were coming back to the area, came back to 1011, and since then we've had a whole lot of intersections just with media stuff on, on social media events. Bill was kind enough to walk with me during my last walk of shame when I raised money for center point uh bill hit like a 500 foot home run against me in the media celebrity <laughs> softball game pulled it i wasn't dude, gonna bring that up dude, I, wasn't he gonna pulled bring it. It, he, I gave him a little inside he pulled it straight to left field i didn't even look at it. i i still hasn't hasn't landed um and and uh you know i've been i've been watching him a lot talking to him a lot i've had him uh, on on uh, some of the things that I've done before, and so I've got a, a, a pretty good extensive uh, back relationship with Bill. Apparently, it's over a decade now, and so I I wanted to have him on. And, and I'll say this about him: I I think he um, KETV Omaha. You're getting a good one. Uh, I think he's great on air. Um, but I think more importantly than that, I boy, he really takes that that anchor role. He takes the journalist part of it, I think, seriously as well. And we can get into this a little bit later. I thought he's particularly stood out over the last few years in Lincoln um, as someone who's an anchor, um, but as somebody who's been on the forefront of providing information, finding interesting ways to provide um, information that's meaningful to people, kind of digging, um, been great on social media. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited for him that he's got something that, that, um, that's a step up for him. I'm disappointed to see him leave Lincoln, but I'm glad to see him still in the area. But man, I think a whole lot of him, uh, and the work that he, he's done all over, but especially the last few years at 1011. So welcome, uh, Bill to the pod. So let's, let's just get it out of the way right, right off the bat. Uh, why are you, why, why are you leaving Lincoln? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Jack, you're, you're too kind. I think we should maybe just end podcast right there <laughs> yeah avoid the hard question right yeah <laughs> um well i tell you what it was it was uh you know probably the toughest decision i've i've had to make at least especially career ones um it was just you know it, it just kind of i came to the realization that maybe it was just time um and my wife works remotely so if we wanted to make a move you know there was really two to three cities outside of Lincoln that we'd ever want to live in. And, and Omaha was, was number one on the list because we, we, we want to be Nebraskans. We've always been Nebraskans. Uh, and yeah, the, the time came up, the, the opportunity felt, felt right. I felt like 10, 11 was in really good hands. Um, I'm really excited about who they've got to take my spot. Uh, I believe he starts, you know, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, starts mm-hmm. later this week. Um, yeah, and and our family was excited for a change. And with kids, you know, it's always a tough decision with children. It's like we can make this choice now, or maybe make this choice in a few years. One well, right now, my kids are one and a half, three and a half. Right. It'll be a little difficult for them, but they'll be over it in two weeks. If you make this decision when they're five and seven, or when they're eight and ten, then it becomes a whole lot harder. They've established a lot more friendships. Uh, they've become ingrained in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it, it, you know, all the pieces felt right. 
Uh, and we're, we're still Lincolnites, at least for another month, right? Uh, and so we moved to Omaha. Um, and I, I really couldn't think of a better place to go to than KETV. Yeah. You know, they've uh, kind of been the standard for what broadcast news and TV news is in Nebraska uh, for the last few decades. Mm-hmm. It does make me wonder, though, like, are are we going to and, and, you know, Rod over at Channel 8 has done done it forever there. But I I do wonder how much like the era of the generational feeling like a lifetime local news anchor is that in the industry? Is that more rare now? Is that was that something that was more common in the past? Um, what do you think? You know, I don't like know. The I same think- place. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's still a lot of that. When I took the job at ten eleven, that's that's what I envisioned. That's what I had hoped for. I, yeah. like, I would want to be be here. I want to, you know, I want to be the Rod Fowler of CBS in Lincoln um, for the next couple decades. I didn't anticipate this. The opportunities come along and, and kind of, you know, throw your life into a whirlwind, but. Do I think there's less of them? Maybe there's a, maybe there, maybe there's a few less out mm-hmm. there, but it still takes to be, to be a good TV station, to have the trust of the community. You need people that have been there and been through the things that your community yeah. has been through. I think that's a lot of what helps me earn trust in Lincoln. I can tell people that I was born and raised here and that I know never to take 27th street at five fifteen in the afternoon. <laughs> and I remember, Correct. you know, when circuit city existed and stuff like that <laughs> or starship nine, and you can go to a movie for a buck 50, but to, to earn trust in the community, you have to go things through things like the pandemic and go through things like, uh, you know, the riots and protests that we had in yeah. May and June of 2020. Um, and the tragedy that was the shooting of investigator Herrera. Um, you go through things like that and you, and you empathize because you're a part of the community and you're going through the same things that everybody else is going through. Uh, and then you earn that trust. So to make a long story even longer, I think it takes people like that to build and good TV stations. And so you need people like that. You can't just transition from person to person, person to person. So I think, especially at the main level, at the, at the, at the anchor desk level, there's a lot of people who have been there forever. Look, look where I went to. Rob McCartney, Julie Cornell, Bill yeah. Randy. Yeah. They have all been there in True. some fashion since the early to mid nineties. True. And, and that's why they're the best, the best in the Omaha area is because they've established that trust. I'd argue that's why 10 11, in in my biased perspective, was the best of the best. We didn't have that main anchor team that had been there for so long, but you have Ken Shimmett, who's right. been there since 1981. You have Kevin Suits, who's been there since 2004, which, yeah, maybe that's a little more rare to find in television markets, but it's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. As a viewer, it's, it's really nice. How do you go about... So how do you go about developing that... Other than just time passing, but developing those experiences in a new market in Omaha, where it sounds like that's something that you're hoping is going to be a long-term home for you now that you're moving at the time that you can. 
how do you go about the next few years trying to sort of develop those things? The like the don't drive uh, on twenty seventh at five fifteenth in the afternoon <laughs> of of Omaha. Those sorts of things. What will that be like for you? I think it's just about getting out there. You know what I mean? It's you can't you can't you know wake up from your house or you know wake up have family time at home, go to work, and then go home. You have to be out in the community. You have to go to community events. And that's the same case at the station, too. It's not, I can't, I can't go to work and, you know, do the 5 p.m. and report for the 6 p.m. and do the 9 p.m. and report for the 10 p.m. and never leave the station. Mm. You, you need to, to go out and meet people. You need to become a part of the community. You need to embrace the events and the small businesses around and not be shy you know as as simple as that sounds just get to know people yeah just, and frankly live life there uh you know yeah and, exactly and I, I i mean i'll that that has helped my whatever legitimacy i have in my career i think is that you'll see me at the grocery store constantly right you'll see i think I, I, the same with ken you mentioned ken shimmick you know i'll run into him all over town, and he's got it. He, I mean, first of all, you TV guys have it worse than the radio guys do because you guys get recognized more. Okay, Ken gets recognized more than any of us, but you guys get recognized more. Um, and so, but yeah, you. I tell you uh, what, I felt I felt like a radio guy in the pan, like the height of the pandemic. We were always masked up, yeah. right? I, it was kind of nice because you know you could go incognito. And while I love, you know, it's so great when people come up to you in public. And that does never bothers me. I think no. it's, it's flattering and it's a compliment that people like. Yes. But at the same time, sometimes it's when you wake up at seven thirty on Saturday morning, it's nice to throw a hat on and glasses and maybe not be recognized when you go to high yeah. V and doing the mask would help with that. But then you get to the checkout counter and they'd be like, Oh, I recognize your voice. Yeah. Yep. And I imagine that's what you get quite a bit. Yeah, I get, I get a, a, yeah, a little bit on the on the voice. It, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's more of the social media thing that there's more video, there's more pictures out. But I would say in the last two or three years, it's it's up a lot more. But I feel the same way you about. I mean, listen, I get enough negative feedback that getting positive. If somebody wants to stop me and say that they like me, if they're not saying something about, that they don't like about me, I will absolutely take it. I will absolutely talk to you in the grocery store uh, about that or wherever, but yeah, it's being in the community. It's having your kids go to the schools, you know, it's, it's, it's all of those things that, that make a huge difference. Um, what, okay. So I want to, let's see, let, let's stay. I want, I want to go back through some, some of your sort of past life, um, you know, experiences, work and, and being in Lincoln and everything. But since we're asking these sorts of questions, what, what is the, no, what is the number one? Every, I believe every career has a number one question that you've got to be ready to answer every time that someone comes up to you. And, and for, for me, it's what time do you wake up in the morning? That's what it always is. It's what time do you wake up in the morning? I'm going to guess, I'm going to make some predictions. Is it, are you really wearing pants under the desk or it's something about what time you go to sleep? Something like that. Which is it? It's the it's the hours of the day, but pants is number two. <laughs> um, it's a little different at Channel Seven because we we stand and it's an open set, and we um, so we have to you know wear full suit and nice shoes. But at um, same thing at Ten Eleven. But I I will admit when I was at Channel Eight, 
and we sat behind the desk. You know, there were many, many weekends in the summer when it was, it was sandals and shorts and then suit jacket, nice. shirt tie on the top. Nice. Um, hours and then hours are, 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 yeah, that's the number one question. And it, it's, you know, shoot, six years ago, if I was working night side, it was roll out of bed at 11, run some errands or go to the gym, go into work at two, get off at 11, watch TV for a few hours and go to bed at three o'clock. That changes when you have young children. So now it's a lot of times wake up at 6.15 with the kids, help get them up to school, come back home by eight, try to grab a quick nap if possible. Uh, and then get the day rolling around 10 a.m. and then head into work. How does how is your? Uh, uh, I mean, now now we are getting to the question everybody asks you. But I, this, I'm in the business of sort of energy management like that too, with odd hours, just on on the opposite end. Do you find it? Are, are you able, if you wanted to, are you able when you get back from a, a 10 o'clock newscast? Are you able to go to sleep? Right, like right away if you wanted to, or do you have, always have to have a wine? No, no, that's, that's the hardest. I mean, you know, I always tell people, you know, if you work eight to five and get home at five thirty, can you go to home? Can you go to bed at 6 p.m.? It's pr- that would be pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So I can't work until 11, 11.30, get home at midnight and then go to bed by 12.15. I really push myself to try to be in bed by one o'clock and then I'm terrible about trying to watch a show on my phone or something, which I know is the opposite of what you need to do. <laughs> but what, what else uh, are you going to do? So your whole family? Most nights I'm us. Your whole family's asleep. I mean, what else exactly. are you going to do exactly? <laughs> read, I guess. <laughs> read, I guess. Yeah. And then you got to, it's tough to read. It's tough to read in bed when your wife's sleeping right next to you. Yeah, I, I would say I'm asleep. I try to be asleep by one thirty. One thirty. Yeah. See, Same here's time. the funny thing. I would love those hours. Like, compare. I am a <laughs> late night person. I am not an early morning person. Or at least, yeah, but one thirty, and then you're getting up at six fifteen with the kids. You're rocking well, four and a half hours. Well, I mean, or you can do me, which is. Uh, uh, you know, eleven eleven o'clock usually up at four four thirty. You know, it's it's it's. Although I don't yeah. have the kids right away. That's the weird thing about my life as a parent is that um, I, I got this job when my son was one years one year old. Okay, he was a baby when I got this job. He's going to graduate high school next May, um, and so I have never, basically, never in my life done the morning get ready with my family. Uh, scenario, but I've also picked my kids up right. from school. I've also been the basically the only one to pick my kids up from school at three or three thirty, year after year, and so I've had just parts of that day, which is in some ways cool, but in other ways I, you know, I feel bad because I just haven't done that part. So I guess my yeah, I don't have the the wake up when I'm tired. I have to wake up when I'm tired and go to work and be ready to work immediately, which I like. So you're good. I- Kevin Suits always told me this. He's like, you need to find, before we had our first kid, he told me, you need to find how many hours of sleep you need to operate at at least 80%. So is your number about five? You need at least five every yes, night? Yes, but I need, but, 
and here's the other thing i become addicted to power naps like i the 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 power nap about well right now we're talking right now so i can't have one unfortunately but the power nap is and i but i'm t- i'm telling you bill 20 to 40 max it can be 10 it can be as little as 10 10 to 40 max completely restorative and my body has gotten for better or for worse, my body has gotten completely addicted to that. So I can go, yeah, I can go, I think I can do five hours of sleep by the suits rule if I'm allowed that 10 to 30 minute nap later in the day. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I can't do power naps. You can't? I mean, I I need about two. If I do a power nap, if I nap for less than 40 minutes, I need like two cups of coffee to get going. Oh my gosh, I, I have my developed. Body it. I've somehow developed it where I don't fall fall enough asleep that it just takes that edge of sleepiness off, and it's great because if I do two hours, it feels like I I'm getting up in the morning again, and it feels like the the whole thing is is reset for me at this point. How has um I, I'm curious, Bill? You were talking about how at KTV you stand up at eight, you used to sit down. Like, how has just the technology and the anchoring world evolved just since you've been in the business? Teleprompters or tablets or whatever you're using. What do you use now? What have you used in the past? What would be the best to use? So it's always been, see, I would have started in 2011. And it, so I graduated college. It's always been... Digital. It's always been computer based. Um, reporting wise, they were still doing tapes when I got my first job in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, and then, like a year, a year into it, I think we switched to memory cards. Um, and it's always been uh, nonlinear editing, which is digital editing, not tape to tape. But as far as anchoring, my first anchor job was a foot pedal teleprompter. So there's a like a gas pedal underneath really? the underneath the desk, and you you run your own, and you had a stack of you know 150 pieces of paper because for some reason that's how much it takes for a 30 minute show because a lot of the pieces of paper have like one line on it, just with, it prints weird with coding and stuff, uh-huh. and then let's see. So um, hold on. So you're all the, different. So you're going. So, you're, so that way you're that you have the pedal, so you can go at your own speed while it scrolls through. Mm-hmm. Essentially, well, and it's one less employee needed to 
run the teleprompter does in it, the back room. Does your bo- if you're tapping your foot, like I'm tapping my foot now, and my head's bobbing, like everything's getting into it. you got to have some body control to not show that you're tapping your foot on camera, I would think. Uh, those old shows are not on the, the resume reel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, uh, yeah, it, it was not the most, I mean, it was efficient, I guess, if you're looking for the, the definition of efficient. Yeah. But it, it wasn't for the, the payroll. Best. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the best for uh, quality television. Uh, and then, yeah, so I think Channel 8, we had paper. Uh, when I was in Oklahoma City, we had paper and then switched to iPads. 1011 was, has always been iPads since I've been there. 1011, you have to, you get like read the riot act. You want to print any piece of paper. You're like, this is why I'm printing it. This is the reason. <laughs> <laughs> They've just gone completely digital. Uh, and then, at, yeah, KETV, it's, it's iPads also. So it's, I, and then, yeah, teleprompters have always, They've always looked the same, but they're different. Like at Channel 8, it wasn't directly into the lens. So if you look real closely, and this maybe has changed, it was the teleprompter was on a monitor directly below the camera lens. At 10.11, it's on a monitor directly above the camera lens. And then at 10.11, they have the, the mirror technology where the teleprompter is going directly where the camera lens. Okay, so okay, but so you delineate it. Sorry, this is a dumb question, but I'm interested in it. So you sort of talked about two different things. You've got the iPad and you've got a teleprompter. What is on what? What's the difference between what? What different things do you use both of them for? So the, I mean, the iPad is if teleprompter fails, if whoever's operating it hits the scroll too fast and it goes crazy, you know, and stuff like that happens. It's, happens you know maybe once a week i don't know so the ipad is just it has your scripts also so you know where to go and anymore most tv most studios aren't just your steady desk shot you have four or five different shots that you can put an anchor at you know at 10 11 if you watch there's a horizontal monitor there's a desk shot there's over the shoulder shots there's a vertical monitor and then you can also put your anchors at the chroma key at the green at the green screen um, pretty much the same options at channel seven. So part of the iPad is your script. And then on the other half of the iPad is your rundown, which is, Hey, this is what's next. This is the shot. This is where you need to walk to. So you always know where you're going. Cause it's hard to, it's hard to memorize. You know, if you have eight to 10 changes in a show, it's hard to remember the exact order that right. you're trying, that you're going to. Yeah. How, how have you? I sh- I'm sure you've ev- every anchor's had to do this. Where you realize you're looking into the wrong camera or something, and you've got to transition, oh, yeah. to, and you've got to transition <laughs> to the right one like you meant to. I think I do it. I've done it like three times already at Channel Seven. Just because it's it's, di- it's different. There's a different flow, and um, but you figure it out. You know, you figure out two shots are always on this camera. My o- o- OTS OTS is like over the shoulder. So when an anchor's on camera, and you see a graphic over one of their shoulders. Now that's always on this camera. A three shot with Bill Ranby is always on this camera. It, it, it just takes, I mean, it takes time to figure right. it out and you just get into a flow, but yeah, eventually. You do. Yeah. Do you like, do you like, uh, 
blooper reels of anchors that are on YouTube and stuff, or do you hate them? Oh, no, no, I love them. Do you? Mine, <laughs> mine, mine has mine has never made the biggest one I've ever had. Because um, this is another question I get. Well, there's two. So uh, one was when I was in Fargo, and it was a Friday, and I was reporting for the six o'clock news, and I was live somewhere. And then after that show, we were all driving out to the lake to spend the weekend with a bunch of buddies. And people had come in from out of town, and they were all at my buddy's house watching the news, just hoping, obviously, that I would screw up. And it was the the SIG out for uh, that particular station was WDAY 6 News. And for the life of me, I have no idea why. My brain went, WDAY 6 knows. I said nose instead of news, which is such a minor, it's just right. one, right. one vowel difference. Right. Uh, but to this day, uh, that group of friends still calls me uh, nose or Mr. <laughs> nose. The other one was when I was at Channel 8 and I was reporting live for National Night Out. And I could not get those words out of my mouth. It, it just, it, it was nation's night's in it was national nation night out it, it, i couldn't say it and so i just paused i stopped i looked at the camera and i said i'm sorry i'm having a brain fart right now <laughs> you said that <laughs> i said, said those exact words and i remember when i left channel eight megan conway was making a nice you know in memoriam type of thing <laughs> for me for lack of a better term and she's like, I, I tried for hours to find your brain fart clip, and I couldn't find it. I was like, good. <laughs> I'm glad. But, I, you know, it, also in the grand scheme of things, I think viewers appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of, well, I'm not trying to fake it here. Yeah. My, my brain is just not oh. working, so I'll just send it back to you in the studio. Again, an- yeah. another thing where I've got an easier life than you is I, I do that – I either can't think of a word or I'll stumble or say something like, um, like nose instead of news. And I will, I will always, almost always make fun of it. I will almost always make fun of, of it. Um, and I think that diffuses it. You can't quite do that as easily on a, uh, on a, on a TV newscast as you can on a radio talk show, but nonetheless. Um, okay. So you, uh, uh, by the way, Fargo, the winters, come on! It had to be horrendous. Oh, Were you there during the winter? Oh yeah, I was there for two years. Two years. The first, the first winter I was there is ten days, twelve days, where the actually the air temperature did not get above zero degrees. Oh my gosh! Negative for a week and a half or two weeks straight. Um, the winters are brutal. It was, you know, it it never gets above. It doesn't. There are times it doesn't get above thirty two from December to February. But it still snows, so the the snow just Doesn't never melt. melts. Yeah. So like all along the side of the street, and this was just it was a bad year. It was that first winter. I mean, you have eight foot piles of snow along every street, every side street. So you know, making a left turn onto a main road is, is sometimes a life or death decision because you you just literally can't see if there are cars. Coming. But the, uh, it's a great city. It's a lot like Lincoln. It's it's on the river um, on the eastern side of North Dakota, so it's a twin city with, with Moorhead, Minnesota. 
And it's, in 2010, North Dakota really just started, uh, their economy started booming because of all the oil in Western yeah. North Dakota. That's right. And then you're also 40, you're 45 minutes from Lakes Country in, in Northwestern Minnesota, which is just beautiful. So summers, you know, they may only be six to eight weeks long, yeah. uh, but they're great. Do people complain about the winter there? Or is it, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just accepted no. if you're in Fargo. It's just, you just, you just accept it. I would not. And you look, you probably look down on people that complain about it. I'm not. You take a, there's a sense of pride in that. Yeah. And uh, so, okay, help me on your timeline. Fargo, where was Oklahoma City in this whole thing then, right? You were there too. So right? it, went, it, went, it went Fargo, the very end of 2010, 2011, 2012, uh, Channel 8, 2013, 2014, OKC, 2015, 2016, uh, February of 2017, took the job at 10-11, and then, yeah, two yeah. weeks ago, started it. I think I called you for some- – I don't know what it would have been, but I called you for something. When I you were can't. Re- I think City. it was. was it I think it might have been Obama. Something? Obama's visit, or he might have called me twice. It might have been Obama's visit, and then also the uh, the Dallas police shootings because That's I went. Right. We went down. Yes, we went down and covered those, and I was I was live in Dallas for a couple of days. Yeah. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. How was that? So obviously a bigger market getting to Oklahoma. I mean, you'd done Lincoln stuff, but how was that transition for you? Oh, I, I you know, I, I loved it. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was exactly that. It was a bigger market. The job that I was offered was uh, primary reporter for a new show. They were, it was a Fox affiliate. So they were launching a 5 p.m. So it was to be the lead reporter for that 5 p.m. show. And then, so it was Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 6, which in television is an unheard of schedule. You never get that schedule. So I, uh, yeah, so I took the job. I was their primary anchor fill in there. So my schedule get thrown around to do mornings, mm-hmm. evenings, and weekends a lot. But if I was just reporting, it was great. Yeah. Uh, my wife came and joined me down there, made a lot of good friendships. And yeah, it's just a, it's a bigger news market. So, gosh, you know, I, I was, again, I was a day side reporter. So I was covering a lot of the, the crime beat, fire beat, that kind of stuff. And there was, when you have 80 to 90 homicides a year, sometimes yeah. it feels like that's all you're doing. Yeah. You're either knocking on doors of, of suspects or you're knocking on doors of, of victims, which is just kind of brutal. Wears on you after a while realized maybe this isn't what I wanted to do. Um, and then luckily I got a 
call from 1011 saying they might have a pretty big opportunity coming open soon. And yeah, the rest yeah, is history. The rest is, and then the rest is, is history and you made it. I, I, I said this in my intro, but, and, and I don't mean to say that this is not something you've been doing throughout your career, but I, I noticed um, during COVID, especially, and, and, and probably to some degree that whole summer of 2020, but during COVID, um, for, for me, you became, you know, I, I always admired and, and liked watching you, and, but to me, you became a must-follow on social media because of the way that you presented information, ha- had a way of weeding through to figure out sort of the things that people would be meaningful and helpful to people in, in the information that you gathered and the way that you portrayed it. Was that, was that something you were doing intentionally? Or was that something that you were always doing? Did other people say that to you? I'm just, I, I really, I remember thinking, man, he's doing a damn good job. Um, and you know, it, 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 he's an anchor as well, but uh, tell me a little bit about that time. Uh, I appreciate that. It was a concerted effort. I felt like we were getting so much data from so many different places and that none of that data had a whole lot of context. Okay. You have how many people hospitalized and you have how many COVID cases. Okay. That sounds really bad. Well, but if you have the same amount of COVID cases in Lincoln as you do in Hastings, well, that's probably worse for Hastings because they're a much smaller community. So putting things into context and, um, per capita situations while also weeding through. Know, there's just so many numbers. And I felt like there was really no vehicle for all of that data. And we obviously don't have time to just go to math class every night at 10 o'clock yeah. for a newscast. So I felt like social media was a good platform. And I started doing the county by county breakdowns and, you know, hot zones versus cool zones. And, yeah, I, I do think I think it helped helps build a lot of trust. It was it was never me saying, you know, oh my God, COVID's in your community, people are going to die, or oh my God, you don't have COVID, let's everybody run around and uh, take our masks off no. and party yeah. like it's 1969. It was just like it was a way to be an unbiased journalist in a time when people needed information. This is the data, and this is how many people live in your community and this is how many people are in the hospital and this is how many people were in the hospital two years ago when COVID wasn't a thing and here's the flu numbers and here's the COVID numbers and here's how many people died from the flu versus how many people are dying from COVID and in 2020 and especially that winter um, of 2020 into early 2021 which I think is when Delta hit I mean it, it got it got pretty bad mm-hmm. and the numbers got pretty bleak um but yeah i just i felt like people there wasn't especially right away there wasn't it there wasn't a v there wasn't a great vehicle for hospitals and health departments to disseminate information and then one person kind of gathering it all and putting it out there and quickly there became one uh, nebraska public media ended up doing a great job the journal star had some great maps that they they updated um every week but I guess to answer your question again, long form, it was, I felt it was important to provide people with information that wasn't slanted. Just here is the info about your community. You can make your own decisions. Right. 
But, and meanwhile, though, you're still anchoring all the time. And I hear you asking questions. I, I would listen. We were all listening to the press briefings, and I heard your voice asking questions on those all the time as well. Which it was. was it was cool, but I didn't. I, I didn't expect that necessarily from an anchor. It was a hard three months. So Bridget Fargin, who is also one of my good friends, she left 1011. She was my co-anchor the first three years there. Her last day at 1011 was March 6th of 2020. And then my, I think Rudy Gobert happened on March 11th. And Fred Hoiberg was March 12th. And then state basketball. Yep. Yep. And then state basketball. Yeah. So it was, and I, um, I eventually got a new co-anchor, Jennifer Ortega, but she didn't start until the first week of May. So that first two months of the pandemic, when there were so many questions, so many unknowns, communities shut down. It was me. At one point, it was me in the office, our evening producer, and Ken Schmidt. And everybody else was home. In a newsroom that usually has 30 people, we had three. And our engineers were tremendous in figuring out work from home and figuring out how reporters could turn stories from home and basically Dropbox them to us. And then we would figure out a way to get them on the show. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we were missing people. If people got COVID, they would be out for 14, 21 days at that time because we just, we didn't, we didn't know. Um, so it was just a lot of, it was just either nobody asked the questions or, or you find 20 minutes of your day to hop in, ask questions and, Again, it helps build that trust factor. I am, I can't, we stream those live every, I mean, those were every day. Yeah. For two months. It was, it was Lyrian at 2.30 and Ricketts mm-hmm. at 3.30. Yep. It might have been. We put them on the radio. We put them on the radio yeah. during that time. Yeah. And so, it, but, and it was important. It's important for people to see the people that they watch on TV asking the questions yeah sometimes they're hard questions sometimes they're dumb questions like i'm just trying to figure this out what are what are you saying to me right now yeah. um but yeah it's important for people to hear that voice yeah i mean i, I heard you ask questions yeah 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 no but i, I just it, I, it was uh i thought it was a high point um a high point. You, your appointment, you know, we, we say appointment listening, appointment viewing in our industry, but I thought you were, it was appointment tweeting to see what you were, you know, you were doing with the data always during that time. Uh, okay. Here's the, here's the number three question that you get every time at the grocery store. What's Shimmick really like, right? <laughs> just the meanest. Just the I, meanest I, just, I'm know, sure. I knew up. it. I knew it. I knew he it. He's, he says, he's six he's, figure <laughs> salary thinking he can treat everybody like garbage. I knew it. Don't come up to him in public. You know, the tan, it's fake. Let me, I mean, <laughs> he is, he is, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. He is just one of the best human beings on the planet and he has no reason to be he's built up so much credit for all that he's done for the community you know there's but he will just he will be the nicest person to anybody who talks to him to you know anybody who works with him i'm, I'm thankful i'm proud to call him a good friend uh to be one of the the rare rare people who has his his flip phone number 
but uh, which he yeah. does not you he does not text <laughs> no, with. I've no, I've learned the hard no. way over five. I don't know why I keep trying it. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's he's just re he's really good people. He's really good people. What you see on TV, that's who he is off camera. One of the things I'll probably miss most about Ten Eleven is him, Kevin Suits, and myself. There were nights where we would spend, you know, ten thirty-five to eleven thirty, just sitting in the studio and talking about Husker football, or talking about Kevin's little league baseball team that he coaches that his son plays for, or volleyball, or <laughs> basketball. You're getting a point here. There's a lot of sports talk. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will cherish those moments with those two, just, just, just shooting the breeze after shows. Yeah, some great people, some great people to work with, without a doubt, between all of those guys. Um, all right, so what do you? Uh, let's go, let's go to some non-work stuff. Some, some other. I know you like you did a you did you talk sports with Kevin. You guys did a podcast. I know you're. Yeah, I know Kevin, you're. A, you're a Cubs guy. Uh, so uh, where are you? Where are all your sports loyalties at? So my loyalties go Huskers, of course. I'm, I'm, I I can't hide it. Like I just, I don't, I understand the need for 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 unbiased journalism, and I think it's and I think you do a great job of this too, because I think you're a, a Husker fan as well, right? I'm I'm Unashamed. I'm one of the I'm lucky because I work for the uh, I work for the hometown affiliate. And it's part of an expectation. I don't have any guise of neutrality, and I don't try to. And I appreciate I, that. I would hate if I had to. I don't either. But and when it comes to time for, like, you know, Mike Riley's getting fired or Scott Frost is on the hot seat or Bill Moose versus Trev Alberts, I think it's really easy to take off your fan hat and just prevent, present the information yes. in an unbiased manner because this is what's happening. Right. And I'm not going to tell you whether I believe so and so should move right. on, or so and so should keep his job. This is this is what's happening. But when it comes to three hours on Saturday, and I think maybe there should have been a pass on third and whatever into the end zone <laughs> to your six nine tight end, and not another quarterback draw, I will let people know that <laughs> that I that yes. I think that. Yes, I got it. I get it. I but, totally uh, get yeah, it. Yeah. So so big Husker fan um, through and through all the sports um, and then Cubs uh, both my parents are from Chicago and they moved to Lincoln while my mom was pregnant so I have loyalties to the Cubs and the, you know I don't follow this hockey hockey as much as I did in the 2000s and early 2010s with the Blackhawks were doing really well um, and then my dad actually moved he lived in Kansas City for the final five or six years of his life so when it comes to NFL I'm a Chiefs fan. Whoa, hopefully. you're a Chiefs Cubs guy? Wow. Chiefs, Cubs, and I'll pull for the Bears. Like, if they're not playing the Chiefs, I'll pull for the Bears. But, you know, head-to-head -head matchups, we gotta, I got to go with Arrowhead. Are, are you allowing yourself to have any hope for this football season? How are you, how are you kind of emotionally preparing yourself for the upcoming season? Well, I spent most of spring and early summer just – I've always been a glass half-full person in life, in Husker fandom, because what, what's the point of being pessimistic all the time? Like, yeah. let's, let's live with a little hope. And so, I mean, I think I've predicted nine and three, you know, every, every year 
which just rarely happened. <laughs> but, and so I was like, this is not the year. This is not the year I'm going to get sucked in. This is the year I'm going to say six and six or five and seven. It's not going to happen. And then you start listening and then you start listening to Bill Bush about what he's going to do for special teams and how everybody's on board. And you start hearing that, okay, Casey Thompson, he's the number one. There's really no questions about it. It's his job to lose. O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner were, were kicking, you know what, and taking names in the first scrimmage. But the one thing I keep coming back to is that offensive line. And I think it is, I think it's the most critical question on the team. If that offensive line can be just a little bit better than it was last year, which is saying a lot because you're losing a second round center. If it can be a little bit better than last year, then I think seven and five, eight and four, there's a reason schedule that they have that they shouldn't be at least seven and five. No, if that offensive line can perform. I'm with you. So um, I do have hope, you know, I spent again the last five months, try not to get myself into that situation but it's it's impossible once it turns to august i'm training myself just to go one game at a time don't think about a don't think about an end of the year record just just i just i've got to manage my sports grief uh if it comes i've been through enough i don't i i know how to at least minimize it at this point join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers 15,178 average based on 20 percent below average msrp from all 2023 grand cherokee overland 4xe and summit 4xe models and dealer stock residency restrictions apply take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1 jeep is a registered trademark You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Did I read somewhere that you 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 uh, you, you started to want to be in TV from watching Sports Center uh, every morning? Is that right? Did I? Oh yeah. Somewhere I, about yep. you? I would. I woke up at six a.m. every day to watch Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen. Is this John when they would Dan replay? The, Patrick, is this when they Overman. would replay the same episode over and over yeah. again all morning? I know yeah. I did that. Yeah. I, I, yep. I, I would have it on all day, and I'd see the same highlights four times. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, they just made it fun. I think that's why, I mean, that's probably why you have so many people in, you know, our 30s, 40s, 50s age group that are massive sports fans because Sports Center just, they made everything so fun. It was hard not to fall in love with mm-hmm. every highlight they were giving or, or yeah. waiting to see whether your team fell at the 42 minute mark or were they the, or were they the top dog that day? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I always wanted to do sports, even through college. I wanted to do sports. Getting out of college, I back then it was make a DVD and just kind of send it out to stations that you heard had job openings. And so when I interned at Ten Eleven, I interned under Kevin Stutes and uh, made a sports resume tape 
and I sent it out. I sent my first eight out, and I got a hit in Fargo, North Dakota, and he, he uh, brought me up for an interview, and he said, well, it's, it's not a sports job, it's a news job, but I'll let you do like 10% sports, maybe 20% sports. And I was like, okay, you know, if there's ever a sports opening, you'll be the first person I think of. Like, okay, sounds good. Well, it's a job. It's a job out of college. I'm going to take it. And I ended up doing about 2% sports <laughs> and never anchored sports. <laughs> but but fell in love with news and developed a passion for storytelling and being a voice in the community um, and, and holding holding the powerful accountable and all those cliches. Um, I developed an act for it and stuck with it. One of the cool, one of the best experiences I had in Fargo is they actually flew the sports guy, a photographer, and me down to Frisco, Texas, to cover North Dakota State's first championship, championship. in the that they've won. Yeah, they won seven of the, yeah. the last eleven in yeah. SCS. Yeah, um, which was a blast. And then I always, I've always shot Friday night football too. Okay. I love shooting Friday night high school football. It's, it's one of the, my favorite things about the business and it's going to be tough at channel seven because I, right now I solo anchor four shows on Friday, but I'll still, still try to figure out a way so to get out. Figure out, out Andy in the neighborhood. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. What do, do you play? Did you play sports in high school? I did. I played. I played basketball through sophomore year, and then I gave it up to concentrate on football. Uh, played football at Southwest every year, and then played actually played rugby my senior year, and I played that a couple of years in college also. Really, college yeah. rugby? Huh? You got to be. You got to be a tough dude to do that. You got to be a tough. You got to be a tough dude, and you have to enjoy an adult beverage or two. I think that's that's the key to being a rugby player. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> Did you ever lose a tooth? No, that's no. Funny. But there were there were you know times when people had to go just directly to the hospital after a game. But rugby is just—I mean, rugby is just those the men's club leagues are just—they're a different. It's a different animal. Some of those tournaments are, and some of the rituals that you have with rugby are, are a little out there. Um, and when you're 20, 21, 22, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. But I mean, I mean, they have, they would have like a keg on the sidelines instead of water. <laughs> and it's just like, what, what in the, and then at the same time, you're hitting people with no pads at a million miles an hour. <laughs> this cannot be safe. <laughs> this cannot be safe. That was a lot of fun. That's of fun. cool. That's good. Well, Bill, I will I will let you go. I know you're busy. I know you're in transition right now. I I, I asked Bill to do this just right away when I heard that the change was coming because I I wanted to do it anyway, um, but I thought it made a lot of sense at this point because I know we do have a lot of listeners who are from the Omaha area. So uh, hopefully a chance to kind of introduce Bill a little bit more. I know he's been doing it there for a while, but a, good, a chance to get him to know him more uh, over there at KETV. And uh, don't, be a stranger, don't be a stranger when you're one in Lincoln, quick, Bill. One, yeah. One, yeah, one quick thing. I, I always, um, a year and a half ago, I made a, a promise to, to the man upstairs that anytime somebody gives me a microphone, I'm just going to say two words, and that's, that's CPR saves lives, three words, CPR saves lives. Um, 
it's so easy to learn. There's so many avenues to, to get trained. Um, we went through a scare. I know a lot of people know about it. I won't get into it too much. We went through a big scare with our, our son who was 12 days old at the time. And we thought we knew CPR. We didn't call the 911 dispatcher, walked us through it. We got our son breathing again. Um, and he's doing great, healthy, no long-term effects. Um, but I just think it's an important thing that everybody should, should learn how to do. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't know it, go learn it. If you have learned it, but you haven't trained on it in a couple of years, retrain on it. Uh, because, uh, the data is out there. People are, are, are 70 to 80% more likely to survive cardiac arrest or life threatening situations, uh, when CPR is performed by a bystander rather than waiting for first responders to show up. So. Uh, that's my that's my one spiel. Yeah, no, it's. It, I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, and 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 you were you, boy, it was interesting because you really kind of opened your life up about that whole thing in the in the media after it happened, um, which is something that you very much could have kept private, being kind of family and a health thing. But it sounds like it was that that meaningful to you, that moving to you just in terms of the importance of CPR that maybe you hadn't fully grasped or just hadn't experienced that hit home so much before yeah it, it was and i remember when we we're sitting in the, my wife and i were sitting in the hospital room that evening and we kind of we were at children's and the doctors started to tell us that he would be you know we think he's going to be fine we don't think he you know he stopped breathing for probably two and a half to three minutes which we think is a long time but in the grand scheme of things that's probably not that, that's not that long that's not long enough to to really cause any long-term damage in a, in a newborn. Um, it was just, you know, you're going to figure that out over the next few weeks, few months. And, and he's been great. No signs of anything. Uh, but I remember sitting in the hospital that night and just saying, babe, we can either, we either look at this and say the worst thing possible almost happened to us, or we can look at it and say the best people were around us at that time and everything that, we did and the people who we called made it possible for this to have a positive outcome. We can share that message. Um, and, you know, I talked about being a glass half full kind of person, an optimistic person. Um, and, and that's kind of the avenue that we went. Man, but there's almost a, a, a moment that traumatic, like that's one of those moments you have dreams about, right? That, that's that traumatic with, with a newborn like that. Um, and it did end up okay, but just that part. I mean, I've had you know traumatic moments with family member health issues in the past, and it, it's probably hard to even think about it in some way, let alone continue to to bring it up. Although you do have the comfort of knowing how things ended up. It is. It's something you you always you always think about. And it's always in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, we're extreme. You know, I think we're probably overly cautious with him. On, certain things because you know we're scared something like that could happen again uh but you you learn to live with that fear and, and almost you know embrace it in a way because it, it it makes the the love for your child that much stronger and you grow that much closer to them yeah well, um, and, you know, you're going to be very close to them literally when you're sleeping on a couch near them, which it sounds like you're going to be doing for a little while longer. <laughs> two, feet, two feet away. <laughs> the distance uh, yeah. is, yeah. Just for another, another. Uh, I know We're you're very excited to have bedrooms again, Jack. I bet you are. I bet you will be when you'll get settled. We'll talk again, I'm sure, down the road. 
Um, but but great. Best of luck at KETV. I know you'll do great down there, Omaha. You guys are are getting a good one, uh, which you've probably already noticed throughout this whole thing. But I do hope to continue to be able to, to talk to you uh, and uh, you know interact and maybe do another one of these sometimes. Uh, and and see in Lincoln every once in a while as well, which I'm sure you will. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anytime. I will. I will be in Lincoln frequently. Grandparents live in Lincoln, so we're 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 going to be back. All right, I'm going to. And the Huskers live in Lincoln. I'm, I'm going to time my next walk, so you, so I'll tell you well in advance because you helped me joining me a few years bright and early last year when I did it. So I need that kind of support. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> plus, right, you yeah, the, you, plus you, you had the sweetest. Anytime, you had the sweetest Ken Shimmick shirt on. Then what was it? Do, do you remember yeah. that? Sh- what was that shirt? Yeah, we made it for the the ten eleven market to market group in 2018, 2019 from that shirt. But it was just a it was a outline of Ken Shimmick's face with his, of course, notorious mustache, and it just said, "You stay classy, Lincoln." <laughs> that thing would go on eBay for five hundred dollars. He wouldn't let us. He wouldn't let us. He wouldn't let us sell them. But that, I mean, I'm, I am telling you, you could sell thousands of those shirts. Oh my gosh! You absolutely yeah. could. Yeah. If you be, a, if you make it not that clear that it's him, and maybe there'd be some legal gray area, we <laughs> may be able to figure something out. We'll talk later about all of that. Hey, thanks so much for the time, uh, Bill. We'll do it again soon. All right. All right. Take care, Jack. <laughs>